fun to give things to people. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Good morning. We will be in the sixth chapter of Mark, and then very shortly the eleventh of John, uh, Matthew, the eleventh of Matthew. We saw in the first hour. We look at the first 13 verses of Mark 6. We look now at the death of John the Baptist. This morning I want to say this to you, that when I was younger, a holiday message would shake me. I was nervous to, I was nervous to prepare a holiday message, and this week uh, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And I hope you're thankful. But I found this to be true shortly into my ministry years. For whatever the holiday, whatever the Bible, the message is there. You believe that? You believe there's a Christmas message on every page of the Bible? You believe there's an Easter message, a Thanksgiving message? You believe there's a message there? I'm telling you it's true. And today, this is the next consecutive scripture. And we look at a Thanksgiving message today. I hope, I hope and pray really to God that you're thankful today. The word that we look at today that we see most prevalent in this passage that makes it a Thanksgiving message is this. And how in the world can you preach Thanksgiving out of John being beheaded at such a young age in the beginning of his ministry? He had a job to do. And he did it. And uh, the word we're looking at today is offended. 
offended. Offended. What offends you? What offends me? My flesh does get offended. I, I have my wants and my desires and my selfish uh, wants and needs. I have to uh, check those first with a wife and second with the Lord. But are they merited? We see John the Baptist, the forerunner. And, and we started in this Gospel of Mark. And the first 11 verses are about John the Baptist. It said he came, a forerunner, prepare the way for this Jesus. And then he baptized him there in the Jordan. And then God the Father identified him from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. John was a forerunner. He was a man who spoke the truth. He looked different than the other people, and they didn't like that. Jesus didn't look different, and they didn't like that either. You know what you come up that you surmise from reading the Bible? People don't like anything. People don't want much of anything to be if it's truth involved and there's a change of behavior being asked. But we look at this passage this morning and we think of it as a thankful, thanksgiving message. Now the opposite of being offended is being thankful. And so I want you to approach that with me today with that in mind and we look at the 6th of Mark and verse 14. Christ had just sent out his disciples two by two. He went preaching on his own. And guess what? It says when he was preaching, he went to his hometown. And they said, is that Martha? Is that the Mary and Joseph's son? Isn't that the carpenter? Isn't that the brother of so-and-so? And, -so? and uh, they, it says in verse 3 of this very chapter, and they were offended at him. Can you imagine? Jesus came and did mighty works in his hometown, and they were, instead of being glad, and as the Bible says, from place to place and time to time, they received him gladly. No, they were offended at him. Why? Well, I'll tell you this right now. If you can do something other people can't do, it's hard to find a cheerleading squad. It's hard to find. Verse 14 of chapter 6 of Mark, it says, And King Herod heard it. When King Herod heard, for his name was spread abroad, he heard about Jesus, and he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show themselves in him. Others said, This is Elias. And others said, It is a prophet, or as one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, It's John, whom I beheaded. He is raised from the dead. For Herod himself has sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have him killed, but she could not. For Herod, and this, and this is Herod's opinion, Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday made his supper to his lords and high captains and chief estates of Galilee. 
And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me what thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste to the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his oath's sake, and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. Father, today, give us understanding. Give us your message today, we pray, Lord. Recorded the words. You've given us the word to hold and to have and to read and to study. And I pray that this group is doing that day to day. Growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Savior. Learning to love him better because of the truth exposed. And Father, if there was a day when your word is needed, when your peace and your love is needed, it's today. In this country. And so we ask as we meet here with one heart, one corporate heart of gratitude and thanksgiving, Lord, that you would speak to us today. Give us understanding. Give us peace with that understanding and the joy that passes all understanding. Now, Father, we pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit's power, push away the cares of this life for this time that we have together. Help us to see, illumined from the pages by your spirit, the words as we need to hear them. Speak to each individual heart as they need to hear, to understand, and to do. And Father, we say once with one heart, as we begin, we love you. Oh, we love you for being our creator, God. We love you for being our savior, Lord. And we love you for being our master. We love you for being the one who's coming again one day to take us to our eternal home. And there shall we ever be, Paul tells us, the Holy Spirit tells us, with you. Oh, we thank you for that. Help us not to spend our years, but invest them. Help us not to just grow old, but to grow wiser. Help us, Lord, to do those things that you've called us to do at whatever cost it is to us. Help us to understand, if you've asked for it, it's the best to give. And so now we just ask each heart here that you would be here today with us. We invite you here. We thank you for being here. And we ask you to move among us and teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Oh, what a passage. How in the world do you preach gratitude out of the execution of John the Baptist. 
Before we begin, I want to ask you a question to think about as we're talking about John's beheading. Do you think John is upset now? Do you think he wishes it would have gone way different than that? I think he's okay with it, don't you? Does it always work out how we plan it will? Does life always turn out how we plan it will turn out? Mine sure didn't. Mine sure didn't. If you think I plan to look like this today, you're crazy. If you think I plan to be in the position I'm in today, it's not so. I'm not, I'm not what I set out to be. And in some regards, I'm much better than I thought I could be. And in some regards, there are things I wanted in life I'll never be able to have. It's not possible. It's not going to happen now. Can I say the Lord cheated me? Not on one turn. He was better to me than I had the sense to plan for myself. I'm here today. I'm here today against the odds in some ways. You're here today. You have a past. You've made some decisions. I've made some decisions. But when we learn to walk with the Lord and use his decisions as our basis, oh, it gets better. It gets better. Does he ask something of you you don't want to give up? <laughs> Join the club now. Has he? What's your argument with the Lord? Isn't that something to have an argument with the Lord? The Lord asks you to give up something and not really wanting to. I talked to you last week, and I'm going to begin with this and move very quickly through it so I can get to the message. I know a man who I watched grow. I watched him from my childhood, and I watched his life. He is now in retirement years. He came to me and asked me if he could speak to me, and I said, I surely will. I told you, those of you who heard me last week, I did something I never have done before. I sat quietly and listened. I had nothing to say. I wanted to hear what he had to say. He wanted to speak to me. He wanted to tell me some things. So I asked him, go ahead. And I asked him what he wanted to say. He told me. Folks, I want to say to you from my heart this morning, I've watched him all of most of my life, all of, all of my young years of any kind of cognitive thinking patterns in play to now. He sat and told me how unhappy he is, how disgruntled he is, how life did not work out as he thought it would. The meantime, between those statements, filling in the gaps with this, all the things the Bible says, all the things the Bible says that will lead you to that end. Do you know what your Bible says? Do you know the difference between a proverb and a promise and a command? Do you? Man broke them all. He broke them all, and we got done. He got done speaking. I said, I do want to say something here. The Bible says the life you just described will absolutely lead to the life that you're now living. And he said, I don't want to hear that. Don't want to hear that from you. <laughs> okay. That's the story. That's the story. Do you know you're going to reap what you sow? Do you believe that? That's a promise. You're going to reap exactly what you have sown. Everybody knows you plant tomato seeds, you're not going to get peach trees. In the physical. But what's true in the spiritual? 
Ten times that's so. That is so ten times the more. What you plan in the spiritual, you'll receive ten times. I'm telling you, it doesn't just come. The Lord didn't say you, you, you'll receive something like it. He says that very thing because the Lord will not be mocked. It's a mockery to live your life with your fist in God's face saying this, I am enough. I will take care of it. I will do it. I'm good. I'm capable. And certainly you are of many things. But it has to be under his, <laughs> under his control, in obedience to him, or it doesn't work out well. I know, I know that people are mad at me for saying that out loud. But look around. Look at our world. Look at what's going on in the world today. John the Baptist was in prison. What do you think he was thinking? What do you think John the Baptist was thinking? He went to the king and he said this. That's your, you're, not, you're married to the wrong. That's your brother's wife. And uh, John said, That's your brother's wife. The Bible says... The Holy Spirit said, that's your brother's wife. He was married to his brother's wife. On his birthday, he called for a feast, and he asked his stepdaughter, who's also his niece. Now we're down toward Arkansas. He called his stepdaughter, who is also his niece, to dance. Remember going back to the book of Esther, and, and the queen said, I'm not going to do that. And the king said, you'll dance before my friends. I want you to dance a sensual dance and so they can enjoy you. And she said, I'm your wife. I'll not do it. She had more character than he did. She said, I'm not going to do it. She, he said, you're not queen anymore. Did she lose anything, folks? She said, I'll not do it. This man married his brother's wife and was enticed by his stepdaughter, who's his niece, dancing before him. Did he have a problem? Was there something wrong in that area? Was John right, by the way? Have you ever been punished for doing the right thing? I know you have. So John's in prison. What's he thinking? Well, if you'll turn back to the 10th of Matthew, I'm sorry, the 11th of Matthew, of Matthew here's what John was thinking it says it came to pass in 1 verse 1 of 11 it says it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples he departed to teach and to preach in their cities now when John heard in the prison the works of Christ he sent two of his disciples and he said that unto him art thou he that should come or do we look for another now look at the answer from Jesus. This is John the Baptist. He came preaching, prepare the way for this Messiah. He baptized him in the Jordan River. Now he's in prison for doing the right thing. And his faith is kind of shaken a little bit. Ever happened to you? Has to me. And Jesus answered and said, go and show John again. Why do we meet here Sunday after Sunday? Why would you open your Bible on Tuesday if you looked at it on Monday? 
Why would you go to God on your knees if you did this morning? Why would you do it at bedtime again or noontime or in the middle of the day? Why would you do that? You want to know why I do it? I want to hear it again. We live in the material world that's crazy and it's anti-Christ. And there's more negative than there is positive in this world. And there's more evil than there is good. And there's more dark than there is light in the world that I know. You may disagree with that. I hope that's true for you. In the world I know, more people would rather tear you down than build you up. And that drives me to my knees. Lord, what's going on? Why would that person want to hurt someone else? Why is that? Well, this is mystery of iniquity that Paul speaks of. It's a mystery. It's a mystery why people would act that way. It's called deception. They're living under a delusion and a deception, and they go into a derision. What can I say? We're seeing it now in spades in our world. John's in prison, and he says, Hey, I'm in prison. You know, I think he's thinking one of two things. Either the Lord's going to come and get me out of here, or Herod's going to change his mind and say, just go on then. I've been here long enough. Just go on. And what does he get instead? A man comes in and says, stick your head out. Stretch your neck out there a little bit. The man didn't have time to preach or to pray or to prepare. I always thought that, but I bet he did preach a little bit. But he said something to the fellow with the sword in his hand. God will get you. I didn't do anything wrong. The executioner was following the rules. Why is King Herod thinking that Jesus Christ's works is a resurrection of John the Baptist? It's called guilt, folks. It's called guilt pretty bad. They said, no, this is another. He said, no, it's John. I know it is. And they said, well, it might be one of the prophets are saying, people are saying different things. And he said, no, that's John. That's John. Why? In the, own, in the text in Mark, it says he heard him gladly, and it made him do many things. He, he may have repented outside of his pride of his place in the kingdom and his wife's badgering. Married to his brother's wife. His own stepdaughter is his niece, and he wanted to see her dance, and all oh, that pleased him so much, he made a stupid statement. I'll give you the half of my kingdom, whatever you say. What do you say? You read in here in this chapter of Matthew that they'd already talked about. It. The mom said, you go dance, and when he asks you something, get John's head. I want John's head. Men, I'm going to tell you something. Women could be mean. Just, uh, Heads up for you there. <laughs> Your face changed. I like it better when you're wearing a mask. Listen now. Here's what we got. John asked, Art thou he, or should we look for another? Jesus said, go tell him again. Go reassure him. This is the, uh, the reminding witness of assurance that we all are to gird each other up with. You're having a bad time, a bad day, and you can't see past your circumstances? Call us. We'll talk to you. But will you be there when we have trouble? Can we call you? Can we come and sit at your table and say, hey, it's a little fuzzy for me right now. Would you talk to me? Will you love me back?
Jesus said, go tell them again and tell them what you've seen. And this is for John's ears only almost because he said, go tell John, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Now listen, this is our passage this morning, verse 6. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Where do you find the Beatitudes? Early in Matthew, the Beatitudes in the 5th of Matthew are the first thing the Lord said. The first recorded words are, repent for the kingdom is at hand, but his first message is what we call the Beatitudes. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. Here's a forgotten Beatitude. Here's a Beatitude out of place and out of time, but he's speaking to a person individually here. And he said, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. The blessed uh, beatitude of the unoffended. The beatitude of the unoffended. I want to tell you something. I live in a world, and I see a lot of people. I mess with and deal with a lot of people. We live in a world who are offended. We live in a world in any place I've been, any place I go, any situation I'm in. We live in a world of people who are offended. You want to know offend, what, what brings offense? You're not doing it my way. Offended. John, uh, are you Christ? Are you real? Did I, did I misspeak when I said this was the Messiah? This is not how I would spend my days he didn't say he was offended, but the Lord said, don't get offended. Be careful now. Don't be offended that I'm not doing it on your plan. I'm doing it on mine. Wherever you're at this morning, hearing my voice, I want to ask you something. Have you noticed it doesn't always go to your plan? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed other people can bring in ugly forces against you? When you're down, they start kicking at you. You notice that? You know what I've learned from that stuff? The Lord has drawn me very close. You come here to me. You come right here beside me. I grew up like that, and I live my old years that way now. Come very close to your protector provider. Come very close to the one who has the ability, and stay very close. The Lord said, blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. Now, that's a, folks, that's our message this morning. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes that were concerning John. You see this? His witnesses were left. They didn't even get to hear Jesus, but he eulogized John. He gave John's eulogy. Here's what he said. What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? What went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, and I say unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. And verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding... He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. 
I've been privileged to give a lot of eulogies in my life. Wouldn't you be glad if the Lord gave you this one? God standing at the altar of a funeral and saying about this man of everyone born ever on this planet, there's never been a greater than John. Now we, uh, living with John, being his family, being his disciple, we would say, what is a God up to? What is the Lord up to? Young man with a great message, he had no fear in his bones. He pointed his finger in the king's nose and says, you're living in adultery. You're nasty. Herod heard him. His wife got mad. In what sense? It says back in Mark where we started, don't go there, but it says back in Mark, it says this. Therefore, because John said, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife, Herodias had a quarrel against him. I say this, look it up. She was offended. That offended her. She was offended. Can I tell you this this morning? We live in a world the truth offends people. We live in a world today where the truth of God offends people. You offended? You won't, you won't get all offended? Get offended. Everybody else has. The people that he preached to in his hometown got offended. Her, uh, Herodias got offended. Shoot, might as well jump on the wagon and get offended, shouldn't we? They're offended. And I'm going to tell you again, today, offense is opposite of thankfulness. A grateful heart, a heart full of gratitude is not offended. It's glad it got the message. If you hear the message of God and he says this, you're doing it wrong, you need to change some things. If you hear from the word of God, you hear from the spirit of God, the truth of God, that says you're doing it wrong and that offends you, guess what? Your spirituality is very small. You may think you're one of the best Christians on the planet, and if you're normal, you probably do. But here's what God says. Be careful that I don't offend you. The day in my life, the day in your life, the day that a Christian comes before God and before Jesus Christ and bows before him and finds this truth to be true no matter how it came to you, this is the truth, the Lord says, here's what I want from you. I want your agenda and mine to trade places. Who art thou, Lord, and what will you have me to do? That is so different from the heart that says, Oh, Lord, I've got a plan, and I'm working it, and I'm, I'm three-quarters into it. And I'm doing well, and I'm, I'm respected, and I'm admired and revered, and I do good at what I've chosen to do. That may be exactly what the Lord wants you to do. I'm not trying to push you off of it. But the real, the honest heart says, Lord, here I am, right before you. It's you and me. I'm right in front of you here. Now tell me, what would you have me to do? You know why people don't ask that question? They don't want the answer. How can I possibly know what the Lord wants me to do? I'm telling you again, ask him. Ask him. I don't know. How's he going to tell me? 
you'll see through circumstance and through peace of heart, through an understanding the Holy Spirit can give what the Lord wants you to do. Plopping down on the biggest part of your body and waiting for the rapture is not the answer. I'll tell you that right now. And so, listen to what the Lord is asking. What did you go out to see? What did you go out to see? What's the real question underlying there? What's the underlying question in that question? What do you expect? Do you want to know in my lifetime as a minister, as a Christian, and as a person standing behind a barber chair? You want to know the number one thing I've heard in my life? Unfulfilled expectations. It did not turn out the way I thought it would. I mean, is there anybody that their life turns out how they plan at 18 years old when you don't even know what the options really are? Is your life exactly what you thought it would be when you were planning your life? Mine is not even close. But here's the thing. It doesn't offend me. It shows me I didn't know what the options were and had a real small plan for my life. And God made that thing explode. I never dreamed I would be speaking in front of two people, three people, four people let alone the numbers I've done over the years. Public speaking was not my thing. How about you? There are people that tell me if they had to come up here and say something they knew very well, they'd forget their own name. And this is among friends. Folks, are you offended? Have you been offended? Herodias was offended. Jesus said, what did you expect? The offense of unfulfilled expectation has made so many people bitter, angry, angry. You ever wake up and somebody else made a decision that changed everything in your life? Oh, I have. You wake up and you find out somebody else changed their mind and and now your whole life has changed too. Nothing you can do to stop it. Does that offend you? It's not what I expected. It says in verse 12, and it's a strange verse to many people. It says, For from the days John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You think it's violent to have your head cut off? Think it's violent to be martyred for Christ? You think it, there's any violence in the world today? I think it goes beyond that and says this you have to be violent against your own wants and desires. Now, that's the Luke, that's the gate in Luke uh, 13 I've talked to you about the gate you have to strive to enter into the sanctification gate. Early in Matthew, he says, Enter in at the narrow gate. That's the gate of salvation, the gate of justification. There's a violent gate we have to go through where we have to put ourselves back and down. We have to take our agenda and squash it to his agenda to really be sanctified in his presence. What will you have me to do? You know what most people want to say? Look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. 
And Lord said, yeah, I see that. How's that working for you? Now, the Lord says, but wherein too shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the markets and calling to their fellows and saying, we have piped unto you and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you and you have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he hath a devil. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous and wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But listen closely now. Wisdom is justified of her children. Wisdom is justified of her children. So Jesus says, let's go back. He says this, be careful to John in particular. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. My plan and your plan are not the same. He asked all the people standing there, what did you expect, by the way? Are you about to be offended too? What did you expect? And then he says this. And then he says this. A parable of the offended, in my estimation. A parable of the offended. What shall I liken this generation to? It is like unto the parable. A comparison. He said, I'm, I'm preaching... And I'm looking at people who can't be satisfied. Whatever we do, you want something else. Anybody ever seen that? Whatever I do for you, you want something else. I was accused of that in my childhood from time to time. And I pray to God he doesn't see that in me now. We, we mourned with you. We sang with you. We played instruments and you wouldn't dance. We lamented and you wouldn't mourn. What's it going to take? What do you want? He said, John came in one way and you didn't accept him. I came a whole different way and you made fun of that. What do you want from us? What do you want? I want to be offended. That's, just, that's what the world wants. They want to be offended. I demand to be offended. John wasn't right. You're not right. Your singing wasn't good. Your mourning wasn't right. Nothing's good. It's my way or no way. I'm offended. And if you don't see that in the world we live in, turn the television on for five minutes. I'm going to tell you something right now. I believe this with all my heart. If there ever was a nation that deserved judgment, we're it right now. We have slaughtered our children until the river's running blood in this nation. And this cry in this nation is still demanding for more. And God says, unless you turn, laugh at that, make fun of that, do what you want with that. God is still on the throne. He's still in control and it's still his plan. And it's working, by the way. Whatever you think about the world situation, I know this. The Lord is not shaken and it's not out of control from his throne. He knows exactly what's going on. And by the way, he's manipulating it all. He sets up and he takes down. He gives to those what they need. He says, I'll give you the desires of your heart but send leanness to your soul. He says, you turn and you drop on your knees and ask of me and I'll give you the good land. I'll make you ride upon the high places. I'll give you things the world didn't know that were out there. I love to give my children those things. Come to me. Turn and come to me. Come to me. If you're trusting today in your billfold, you're out of your mind. If you're trusting in your position or your title, you're out of your gourd. If you're trusting in anything than the love 
and the faithfulness of a Savior, it won't work. It'll come to no good. John the Baptist, think of that. The cousin of, jo of Jesus, the prophet who prepared the way, in the words of Christ himself, no greater born among women. And he got in prison and it shook him some. What's going on? What's going on? Are you the Christ or do we look for another? And Jesus said, well, you go tell John that the lame are walking. The deaf hear, the blind see, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Now, don't get offended at me. My program is different than yours. His program changed my life when I was four years old. Four years old. Four years old, the program changed. And you know what I found out about him? He was loving me the whole way, drawing me to him. When he took from me or allowed something to be taken from me, he filled the void with himself if I would allow it. I'm telling you this morning, he's wonderful. I'm so thankful. Aren't you thankful for the Lord this morning? Folks, do you, have you learned enough that between your ears and back shortly behind your nose there, that's a wonderful little computer, but it doesn't know everything. It doesn't know everything. We're not smarter than God. I'm seeing a generation come up now of Christians. The young Christians raising children now, the young ones. I mean the young Christians. Folks, the fruit's scary to me. They are so offended if you don't think like they think. They are so offended if they don't like a personality or, or a way something is done or a method. What did Jesus just say? John came, sent by God through the Holy Spirit, by the way. You didn't like that. I came and I wasn't good enough. You called me a drunkard and a glutton. Can you imagine that? God came to present himself and they said, yeah, you're a drunkard and a glutton. And he said this, wisdom is justified of all of her children. Let's see what the fruit is of, of your thinking. Let's see what the fruit is of your thinking. Young people raising kids now, God bless you, it's the best time in the world. There's nothing like children in the house. You'll miss them when they're gone. I know you don't believe that. You're going to miss those kids when they're gone. You'll clean up the room, it'll stay clean, and uh, it's weird. You'll do the dishes and I have to get them all back out in 20 minutes, start over. It's weird, man, it's weird. You don't have to yell who, who didn't flush. Because you've just got one person, you know who it was. It's Having children in your home is the blessed years of your life. It really is. Everything, all seasons are blessed in different ways, but having children is wonderful. Wonderful time. Oh, they say things that tickle you. They say things that make you choke on them a little while. But they, they're just wonderful. I mean, it is a blessing. But I'm going to see now these young people, the youngest Christians now that I know, they have it down. And oh, they are so offended with the things that are happening. God help their children. Because like I tell these parents this, and I tell them every day this, your children are going to grow up and shock you to your socks. You believe that? I know you're a perfect parent, and you know much more than the generations before you. But I'm going to tell you, your kids have a mind and will of their own, and they're going to shock you to your socks. They're going to do things that will break your heart. 
They're going to do things that will scare you. They're going to do things that you wish they would have listened and not done because you see trouble coming, but they just have to live it themselves. You know what they're doing? Just what we did. And we got that from our parents. And when I asked them, they blamed someone else, the generation before themselves. But can I say this to you? I mean it from my heart this morning. Be very careful not to be offended at the Lord's program. At the Lord's program. Don't be offended at the Lord's program. I know that you know the right from the wrong. I know that if it world ran, if you were the king and the governor of the world, it'd be perfect. But the Lord doesn't say so. He won't admit that. The Lord was preaching. Verse 22. It shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than those that rejected him. Verse 24. Shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Now listen, we're going to close with this little last segment of the Lord's speech. Verse 25, it says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Never hear me say education is bad. It's a wonderful thing. You should be as educated as you can get. But know this, a proper education and real and honest education will bring you to humility before Christ, to understanding of who he is and a desire for obedience to him. What that say? Get mad and get whatever, but it says you're not smarter than God. Now that, that's not a slam at anybody. It should be a very easy statement to swallow. We are not smarter than God. Jesus said, I thank thee because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it has seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son shall be revealed. Guess what? I'm sorry, it reads different. Whomsoever the Son will reveal. Jesus alone is the revealer of the Father. He's the revelator of the Father. You want to know more about the Father? Get close to the Son. And listen to what he says now. The whole thing turns at this point. This is a turning point in your Bible. Jesus' friends rejected him. You see in verses 20 to 25 there, his friends rejected him. He came and presented present himself the king, and they were offended and they were offended. And uh, now he turns from Israel to the world. This is a universal call. Come unto me. He turned. This is a turning point in his ministry. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Folks, do you believe 
you believe the Bible? Listen, um, John, um, John chapter 6, John chapter 6. Verse 60. And what Jesus said in, in verse 54 of John 6, Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Verse 60, the Lord says, Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at, he said to them, Does this offend you? Verse 66 is the answer. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You want to know why people come to church and fall out? You want to know why people go to church now and then? Not regular. They're offended. That's true. Can I tell you something I learned about the Bible that doesn't make a lot of people very happy with me? This is not a book of good times and uh, frivolous living because you said something with your mouth when you were eight years old. This is a book of agenda exchange that demands of the children of God who will be rewarded one day to live a life in obedience to Christ. I got into ministry some years ago and I found out very quickly that the word obey is offensive to many people. I don't want to obey somebody who's not very smart. I don't want to obey. I do not want to obey somebody who has a, a power uh, issue and has uh, one day more than me in the workplace and they just can push their weight around because they got 24 hours on me and they can make you do stuff because they have that title. I don't want to obey them particularly, no. I don't. I don't think husbands should tell their wives and force their wives and belittle their wives into obedience. I don't think it should go the other way. Wives shouldn't do it either. That's not the biblical Christian. However, in the conservative circles, many young men believe that's true. And many young women rebel, and I've watched them do it for years. Begging isn't the right answer. A mutual love that shares is God's plan. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Jesus said, does this offend you? Does my doctrine offend you? And um, Peter gave that great answer. To whom shall we go? <laughs> oh, there's no alternative. And that's not why. It's because we love him. Verse 67, Jesus said unto the twelve, Will you go away also? And Peter said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Are you offended this morning? I want to say this to you. John the Baptist got up that morning, and in my heart I know this. He didn't think this is my last day. He might have think this is my last day in prison. I've asked where Jesus is. He's going to stop by here and get me out. Or Herod's going to surely... Herod loved his, hear his preaching. He said, Herod, I was on board. He's going to come by one day. Go, just get out of here. Run, go. Don't talk to my wife anymore. Get out of here. And a man walked in one day and said, John, come here. Put your head out here. Probably less than a minute. John was standing before the Father. The Bible says when Jesus heard about it, you know what he said about Herod? That fox. Oh, that fox. It's a little fox with a spoiled vine, you know. Messing up the plan. Are you okay with the Lord's agenda for your life? Are you grateful that he has a plan for you? What I hear from this passage is this. John had a job. John did his job. And the Lord took him home. And Jesus said, oh, he did his job. He did his job. In my lifetime, I've heard of my own family and other people that I've been to their service. Oh, they died so young. Can I tell you this? The Lord's in control. Many of them died right on time. Some of us got offended at those things because we had different plans than that. But the Lord said, this is my plan. Trust me. Trust me. One of these days, you're going to come here and see why I did what I did. And you'll be so glad. You believe it? I don't like it. You don't like it how it falls every time, but the Lord said this. One of these days, you're going to come and see that my plan was the best plan. Had I not done this, look what would have happened. And that drew you closer to me right there. I hope you love it. <coughs> On Thursday when you're eating more than you need, and we will now because the crowds will be smaller, but the turkeys are still big. Leftovers are good. <coughs> what are leftovers? What did you say? Folks, this week, be thankful. The Lord is on the throne. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It already is. Don't get offended. Father, we thank you now for this hour. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. Thank you for explaining to us <coughs> as we read your word the doctrine that will keep us safe help us know. Lord, we pray for understanding now. Thank you for your blessing. Go with us this week. Remind us moment by moment to be thankful for who you are and who we are in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all.
Everyone grab a hymnal and turn to page 318, 318. I need thee every hour. Thank you. 